Hello and welcome to the Hearts Review with me, Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week is David to talk about the defeat to Motherwell, preview the next three Premiership games. We talk about John Souter leaving Hearts, and we chat a little bit about the madness that's happening in English football. How are we this week, guys? Mm. <laughs> Great, Ross. Marvellous. Well, David, we normally wheel you out for the, the, the occasion when we do get beat, and, you know, it was a terrible result against Motherwell, a 2-0 defeat. Um, there was clearly no plan B, was there? Yeah, you've taken me out of the freezer and you've defrosted me for this one. <laughs> Been put away for a few weeks. Um, yeah, it just seems to be the way it goes. And the bad luck charm, clearly. It was terrible, Ross, wasn't it? I mean, I'm sure we'll get into the real depths of it in a minute, but it was uh, <clears throat> it was truly brutal. I mean, it was hard work for... I, I mean, if you stayed till the end, I think you're a fool. I mean, I was, I was waiting for the third to go in so I could leave at 60 minutes because I was just fed up. No, it was terrible. No plan B is as simple as that. Yeah, even when I think every Hearts fan in the ground was the the problem was staring at you in the face, <laughs> and nothing happened. We just played the same, got over and again. They scored a second, game over. Um, yeah, really disappointing because it's another away game against a side that we should be expecting to to get some points off, and we come away empty-handed. And we can go on about the unbeaten run all we want, but. Six draws at the end of the day are going to cost us so far. From We're tied on points with Dundee United. That's Motherwell now only three points behind us. And on the face of it, you just said that they've had a they've had a poor season and yet somehow another win and they could go above us if we lose our next game. So, yeah, it's uh, <coughs> slightly concerning um, at the moment, especially if we perform like that <coughs> in our next away game, which is against Celtic and, and away in general, because teams have found us out now away from home, I think. Uh, so unless we change the system and change how we play away from home, then we do it at Tynecastle. Because listen, that the way we play at Tynecastle, we'll get we'll get wins, we'll get points. Simple as that. Away from home, you've got to have a little bit of street smarts about you. Doesn't seem to look like that we kind of got that, as Barry Mackay said in, in his presser afterwards. Maybe a bit too naive, a bit too honest. Um, yeah, I think there's maybe a case for that. But then also you could say that I think the manager has to change something because two away games in a row where they've just put an extra body in midfield. And we've barely had a touch of the ball. So, yeah, very disappointing, Ross. Um, and I think that the next the next three or four weeks are, are crucial in kind of defining how this, this season ends up going. Because if we have a poor run going into Christmas, then obviously you've got the Christmas fixtures and the Derby after that. And then the Cup starting. And um, the last thing you want to do is going into them with A, poor form, and B, lack of confidence. So it's a massive month for hearts ahead. And I hope that... Um, times change away from home especially uh, for the better because it could be a, a long old season away from home as it seems to be every season as a Hearts fan following them um, and I can't do another away season where I get one win every 10 games Ross I can't do it I can't it's been a long long few years I can't do it again so yeah times must change soon it has been quite frustrating away from home, Gordon. I mean, that that was that, that performance was was very poor. It was probably worse than Aberdeen, you could argue. Well, just before I rant, I just want to ask David a question. What's your percentage at now? <laughs> <laughs> so I haven't updated the spreadsheet yet, but it'll be it'll be forty-one defeats and ninety-six away games. It'll be about forty-one percent, I think. Uh, well, I think that's the problem, and, isn't it? And, and worryingly, 
my 100th away game will be Hibs away on the Derby. Stay away. Stay away. Just don't go. <laughs> oh, it's not looking good, is it? <laughs> yeah, David, that won't be your 100th game. It won't be. <laughs> yeah. I'll get, I'll get chucked off the bus on the way to the game or something. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to come up with a plan to stop you. Yeah, we'll have to walk you in the mill or something. You know? um, no, listen, it was a... It was a Terrible afternoon. Um, right from the first minute, really, to be honest with you. And listen, Motherwell's a tough place to go. If you had said before the game that there was a potential for us to lose the game, I wouldn't have been totally surprised by that, especially given our recent away form. Um, you know, not just in general, but but this season, you know, I think we haven't won away from home since Dundee United. Um, obviously, the, the Aberdeen performance was, was a bit of a shock because it's the first time that I'd kind of happened to us this season. Um, we bounced back fantastically at the St Mirren game. So it was it was a real surprise, that performance, because I, I honestly thought that Hearts were going to turn up and that, that they were going to put on a real a real performance, a real statement, a uh, chance to go second in the league and, and show their quality. And um, unfortunately, from minute one, it was nowhere to be seen. Hearts barely came out of our own half. Physically, because we couldn't, and you've got to give credit to Motherwell for that. I think they got their tactics absolutely spot on, but that's the reason why you have a manager, so he can change the tactics when things are going wrong. And um, unfortunately, I mean, you could see after the first 15, 20 minutes of the game that it wasn't going right. Like I said, we, we could barely get our own half. And that comment about, you know, we had the majority of the chances in the first half was absolutely embarrassing. And it was a typical Robbie Nielsen. You know, I don't know if he's just deflecting from from such a poor performance or his own inability to change things, but I mean, it was an absolutely pathetic comment to make because it was a it was a shocking first half performance. Um, you could clearly see. I mean, Graham Alexander's obviously watched the, the the Aberdeen game second half of it in particular, and he thought to himself, "Right, this is how we beat Hearts," and we just didn't have an answer to it, and uh, really, really worrying because we do have good players. We we effectively had a front three there, and very rarely did they come out their own half. Um, in games like this, you have got to have a plan B and C. You've got to change things when when you need to do. It's all right playing for the back and playing pretty football, but when you're coming up against a Motherwell team who are there for a battle, you know you you've got to you've got to you've got to challenge them. You can argue all day long that Hearts have better footballers, but when you've got a team like Motherwell who are hungry and are, are chasing every single ball are not giving you a moment's rest. You've you've got to compete with them and you've you've got to, you've got to show the same level um of commitment and and we just didn't see that unfortunately. You know, I thought the players just easily down tools. I thought their heads went down quickly. Um I was surprised that there was no changes at half time because the second half just started the exact same way as the first half did. And and that's the most worrying thing for me. Waited too long to change it. You know, we go down to ten men and then the second goal comes, I think, 15 seconds later. So the game, the game's over. Then you're you're not getting back into it. And you seen, I thought, when Nandali came on, that actually he was winning a few headers, and and Boyce was getting behind a couple of times. And I'm not saying that that would have been the answer, but if we had maybe changed that at half time, maybe brought someone like him on, and and um, you know, when McInef came on as well. I mean, the, the obvious change for me at half time would have been bringing McInef on a wee bit extra energy in the middle of the park and Boyce on as well. Um, would have liked to have seen us maybe revert to a back four and 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 become a little bit more direct and um, 
it was disappointing to see because, I mean, I don't think, apart from Craig Gordon, obviously, because Craig Gordon does what Craig Gordon does, there wasn't really a single player that got a pass mark for me. I thought every, to a man, they were poor. And, and listen, you do get days like that, but I think you do expect a, at some point during the game your, your team to have a spell. And I, I don't remember at any point us having a spell in that game of sustained pressure. And we, it was just, it was just a poor afternoon. And when you go away from home and you're backed by a, an incredible away support, three and a half thousand, and you can't get up for that game, it's uh, it's worrying. And you've you, you've got to question some players' mentalities. Are they uh, have they got what it takes to play for a football club of this size? And um, on that evidence, I would say no. But I, I just hope that. It was a one-off and, and we bounced back again and, and we eventually um, start picking up wins away from home again because I don't want to see a similar Levine-type collapse after an encouraging start to the season and then, you know, round about this time of the season, we end up just sliding down the table because that would... Uh, Hearts fans, have, I've seen it too too many times and I hope it's just history not repeating itself. David, you could argue, though, Gordon said it's a one-off. You could argue, though, it's not been a one-off this season. You know, the, the Aberdeen game, there was similarities. We did go one-up, fine, but, you know, we completely collapsed, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And it was only just because they went a little bit more physical, a little bit more direct, put an extra man in the middle and won second balls. I mean, I remember we won a second ball once and we had a, we had a half chance or whatever. You just think, look what happens when you actually try and you just follow in. You follow in after a direct ball. Motherwell did that every time. Every time the ball went forward. And they went long and rightly so. Because they were playing against defenders that couldn't win a header all day like, um, on the weekend. And every time we did win a header, they'd swore in the middle of the park and they'd get the ball back. And that's how you, that's how you win games against uh, teams like Hearts. You just get the second balls every time, create chances, and eventually you'll score. Even into a keeper as good as Craig Gordon. So it was really disappointing. Like you say, Aberdeen was the, the kind of... You, you thought, right. Christ, that's uncharacteristic. That won't happen again. And lo and behold, it was a, it was a worse version of it in a way because we did, a we didn't score and b I don't remember a single chance. I, I genuinely don't. Like Gordon says, I, I, there's not one point in the game where you could point to and go, well, we had a couple of chances there. Couldn't tell you. I ah, okay. Boyce had a a, a a half chance at what seventy five minutes. Very good game. Like you said, the game was over. Down to ten men, and they were just they were happy to do that because they're like, ah, he's not going to score for there. So yeah, um, and you know, what worries me is that it's not easy. It's not the easiest of run-ins coming up for away games. So it's going to be a tough ask to, to because if we play like that, I mean, Celtic will annihilate us. It's as simple as that. You know, they, going forward, they're frightening. The Celtic always seem to be, especially at Celtic Park. Um, play a big pitch with a three-four-three, we'll just get split open. Um, so yeah, and a weird one for me was playing Suter in the middle of a back three and putting Taylor Moore out the right, when Taylor Moore, I would have thought, would have been the obvious replacement for Halkett because he's clearly a more physical defender than Suter, and Suter can actually pass a ball, and Suter out on the right is what we've been doing all season. So why change it? But hey, clearly what do I know? Um, I, I could only hear 40 folk around me saying the exact, exact same thing, and I know that it was in the heads of 3,500 there, and whoever's watching it on sports scene, but I, I think you're a fool if you watch sports scene as well, didn't watch that, I only watch it when Hearts win. Um, so, so yeah, it's uh, it's worrying uh, away from home, um, and you hope that this doesn't become a theme of things to come for the season because crowds like that will be a thing of the past come February March. I mean, yeah, three and a half thousand, you turn up like that. If there's two performances like that where we sell out, 
you could see it being a thousand at, at stadiums like that where there's allocation is three, three and a half or whatever. Um, so they've got to be mindful of that um, because nobody wants to, who, who wants to spend all that money away from home and watch them get, get turned over every time by teams who, let's be, let's be honest, no disrespect to Motherwell, deserve the win and they would boss us the whole game. But you shouldn't be allowing Motherwell to boss you for the whole, to, total 90 minutes of the game. Shouldn't be happening. Um, so it's a massive wake-up call, especially away from home for Hearts, that, you know, they're not as good as they're made out to be. Because we've been, we've, like you said, Gordon, we've only won, we only won two away games, both in August. One was with no fans. One was the first one back when we'd sold out. Ever since then, draws, okay, Ross County was a good performance, but a disappointing result. I mean, Aberdeen didn't get me started. Obviously, Motherwell there. So it's really frustrating. Um, and like I said, if, if we're going to be served up that dross in the next away games, yeah, I'll, I'll be staying at home and watch them on streams or whatever because I'm going to be fancy turning up for that. Simple as that. I think I think that's the most disappointing thing, isn't it? You know, you've, you've got fans that are turning out in numbers and, listen, not all of them will go every week, granted, but, you know, there'll be some who, who maybe that's their first away game in, in a long, long time and they'll, they'll probably be there they'll probably not be back anytime soon because why Why would you, you know what I mean, spend that sort of money to go and watch that pish and um, it's frustrating, it really is uh, and, and we haven't beaten Ross County this season, haven't beaten Dundee, two of the sides who are who are obviously struggling at the bottom end of the table um, I think our record in general this season, it could be a lot better and it's not that I was saying that, that um, this was a a one-off, Ross. What what I was meaning is, I thought the performance was a one-off in general, from ninety minutes for, for the whole ninety minutes. I think um, I think obviously we, what we seen at Aberdeen was it was it was a poor second half. I thought first half we were all right, nothing special, but I thought we could kick on with the second half. They were just totally battered, really. Um, but I always thought there was ways of combating that, and and we seen it at Motherwell. Motherwell just started the same way that the the Aberdeen game finished, and and. For me, your manager's got to see that. And um, unfortunately, it just brings back questions again about is he the right man to take the club forward? I've always made the argument that I don't think he is. And I think when you, you see performances like Motherwell, um, it, 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 it's evident. And, you know, people always used to argue, well, what more do you expect? You know, we're third in the league, blah, blah, blah. I expect us going and putting better performances in away at Motherwell, actually having decent amount of uh, attempts on goal not coming away you know I mean when was our first shot on target about 60 minutes into the game or something and I, I expect better you know what I mean I, I don't think it's 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 unfair to expect better um, and I just think that the amount of and we, we've seen it all before Hart uh, this was the, the main issue Robin Nielsen's first tenure when Hart had a, a chance to go second or or put pressure on the teams above them and, and really go on and actually do something they choke. Um, so really, Motherwell probably shouldn't have been a surprise because we've seen it all before. And I just think, you know, it's got to be better. And um, I think if, if Nielsen continues to deliver results like that um, during key games, performances like that, I, I don't think he will last uh, that, that long, to be honest with you. I, but I, I'd like to think that, that Joe Savage is sitting watching that and, and he thinks it's unacceptable because... I think we, we do have a good squad and clearly we have good players. And, and for me, they, they they should be able to deliver better performances. I felt sorry for the, the two the two boys in midfield, Beningame and, and Devlin, totally overrun. They had no out ball. Um, 
anytime they, they got the ball, Motherwell right in their faces, gave them absolutely no chance, uh, no time or, or any opportunity to actually have an influence on the game. And, you know, the back three, um, or back five it was, to be honest, um, I mean, we, we speak about this all the time, that I think we're weak defensively, and, and you've seen that, you know, the two real moments that they had to defend their, their six-yard box, they switched off and conceded two sloppy goals, and, you know, it's all very well and fine them playing from the back uh, with this tippy-tappy stuff. But, you know, if it's not effective, then then you need to change it. And I think we'd be better off going to a back. When when you've got three centre-halves and none of them can defend the six-yard box, what's the point in playing with back three? You know what I mean? Just switch that back four and put an extra man in midfield. Frustrates me, it really does. But, um, you know, we should be used to it by now. You made a few good points there. I'll, I'll let David come in and speak about a couple of them. David, you, is the formation an issue for yourself as well? Away from home it is, because I think, firstly, teams, I, I would expect teams now, after the basis of Motherwell, that have probably found out hearts on how to play against them away from home. You know, at home, at Tynecastle, it will work. Tynecastle is really narrow. The back three, you close up a lot of space in behind. Um and if you've got pacey wingers down that narrow pitch, you can get forward, you can get balls in the box. And we will, we will dominate teams at home, I've no doubt about that. But away from home, when the back's against the wall and the you know teams at home will gen- generally dominate the ball, it's just the law of football, essentially. Um, and I think when we're kind of in that mind or in that zone kind of where we're kind of got the, the questions are being asked of us, I don't really think we have any answers at the moment. And I think the 3-4-3, what it does is you, you lose an extra man in the field where the pitches are naturally bigger and teams are more on top of the ball. You need someone in there to break things up. And I think when you're missing that extra guy in midfield, you expose yourself. Um, and also, what Motherwell also didn't help because and what, what probably will make a difference is getting Boyce back in the team because, A, he'll, he'll, he'll hold the ball up and he'll win us fells and he'll probably slow the game down, which when you're away from home is what you need. Um, and it's unfortunate that he wasn't fit enough to start on... On Saturday, no, that no, that I don't think we would have got a result. I don't think we would have got a result out of it. But I, I don't think the the domination of Motherwell would have been as strong as what it would have been if Boyce was there to win a few niggly fouls, win a few headers, try and get pass it on and whatever, and hold it up. Um, but that that's another issue is that you're relying on one guy to do all those jobs, and if he's not there, you're fucked. So I think it caught this the formation and. We've talked about before about kind of the the, the the striker role being a kind of really weak point for Hearts. Should any injuries popped up, all he had was a niggle. Turned out to be out for three or four games, and we were struggling, especially away from home. So uh, yeah, it's it is concerning, Ross. And I know that Nielsen wants to play with the three four three. You know, it's the system that he's been working on through the, the latter part of last season and throughout preseason, and that's fine. And I get that. And if he wants to start that way, fine, it's his choice, of course. But you have to have a plan B. You have to have a different way of playing because as soon as your teams find you out, you're not going to win games. So you need to have a plan B to, to not only... You can, it can, it'll be stale as well if you play with the same formation. Look at, te- look at teams all across the board. 4-2-3-1 was the most famous formation all across Europe for the past five years. And then that got found out and now it's no. So, you know, you can't stay with the same formation in every game because teams will just find out and they'll have, a, they'll have a way to combat it. So you need to have a little bit of freshness in you and a different identity and, and a plan B to, to combat being uh, counteracted by your opposition and have another way to break them down. So 
yet yeah, th- there needs to be a, an element, and this is where we had the problem with Levine, was his stubbornness. And it, it worries me that Nielsen also seems to have this element of stubbornness about him as well. When things aren't working, he's happy to just keep going because that's his system, it's his choice, and that's the way things are. Um, and and I'll, that much stubbornness is going to lose you football matches. So there needs to be a change when things are going wrong. And he did his classic 60-minute substitutions um, on Saturday. Always loves a wee 60-minute sub. Uh, and by then it was too late. Same with Levine. He was an 80-minute sub. I mean, at least his sixes a wee bit earlier, but changes need to be made at halftime. Didn't do it. And it ended up costing us. Is it quite worrying, though, that, that football fans can work them out? Obviously, football managers are going to be able to work them out as well. Yeah, you, you, you just need to watch football to, to realise... Um, I mean, listen, they, they do all the analysts. You know, they, they've actually got paid analysts to actually look at these things. But you just think to yourself, you know... We, we go every week. We can clearly see where the issues are. Now, I, I get that he obviously sees them in training and things like that, but surely he watches the matches back and surely he sees these things. I mean, how, how can you honestly come away from Motherwell there at the weekend and think that's acceptable? You, you know, I, I just can't understand it. And you could he was in the stand for the Aberdeen game. You could see what the issue was, that, that you know, they, they had an extra man in the midfield and they just absolutely battered us. Um, and what does he do? He just he keeps the same formation, but brings on two wingers. He just changes the wingers round. And you just think, what's what what ineffective substitution that is? Um, for me, he should have made a change at half time on on Saturday. There, um, I probably would have took Cochrane off because I thought he was having a terrible game. Put Mac and F in there, um, brought Boyce on uh, probably for Woodburn, um, and and maybe went um, you know a little bit more direct, but. Listen, it is what it is, isn't it? You know, it's. Um, I, I guess it's fine us just sitting here and, and talking about it, but realistically, you know, th- these people are paid to make these decisions, and um, it's frustrating when when you spend all that money going and watching your team. And listen, I know we all have bad days, and we should be used to them as Hearts fans, but I think there's a, a, another level of expectation with this Hearts team at the moment, and because we know that they could play a lot better than that, and and you can see where the issues are. And, and how it's stopping them from playing. Um, and for me, uh, like I say, it's just got to be better. And um, hopefully, you know, we'll... I, th- I think I think the biggest issue this season will be away from home. And he's obviously spoken about that. But it, it, to win away from home in, in the Premiership, you've got to have a, a different way of playing. And you can't just expect, because we've, we've beat one side of Tynecastle quite comfortably, that it's going to be the same when you go to their place doesn't work that way in this league. And, and that's how the, you know, the old firm constantly win things because they have different ways of playing. They can adapt when they need to. Um, and unfortunately, we just, we just don't seem to be, uh, be able to do that. Of course, we should be a team that's probably looking up and saying, right, Rangers and Celtic are for, for the taking this season. But, you know, we now find ourselves, David, looking behind us with obviously Motherwell coming in. Yeah, you're right. And, um... It is frustrating because, you know, and obviously football fans are fickle. Once you're at the top of the league, you're obviously going to shoot for the stars and say we could win the league and all that. But you're right, we should be... Uh, I think the, the, the expectation is to try and keep in touch with the old firm as long as possible. And I don't think that's un- unreasonable or unrealistic to say so because I think everyone on the face of it can see that this Hearts team is good enough to do so. But yeah, you could find yourself next week Hearts being fifth and being level on points for sixth. And then you're back into the scenario of, as Gordon says, the Levine show, where suddenly you're at Christmas, you've no one in two months, 
and you're talking about, oh, we'll be good if we get Europe this season. Europe should be the bare minimum for, the, for this Hearts football team. So, yeah, it's, it's really, um, it should be a wake-up call. Uh, I don't know if wake-up calls ever have came to fruition for Hearts in the past few years. They never really seem to. Um, they need to try and find another gear somewhere to get them back up. I mean, listen, you might, this, this might be slightly alarmist for me and I may be going over the top, but I, I'm finding myself thinking, can you see us winning? Can you see us dropping points against St Mirren at home? Would it shock me? No. We'll probably lose to Celtic away because probably just how the way it goes. Then you've got Livy away, a ground we and since they've came up at, we've no one at yet. And we've had the biggest drubbing I've ever seen there. And then you've got Rangers at home. And then you're done dearly. A game where I've seen us bottle it many times. 3-2 under Cathro springs to mind. So if we lost all those games, I'd be raging and I'd be I'd be all every negative emotion under the sun. But I couldn't ultimately, if you'd said, would you be surprised? I'd probably say, not overly. So, and, and that's the worry. You could easily go on a run like that and you're back up shit street. I don't think this Hearts team will do it. I think at home we'll probably win against St. Mary next week. But you, you kind of have to, I don't know, you just kind of have to watch what you say. You don't want to get over overconfident with this Hearts team now. I don't think you can be. It's nice to see you've previewed all the games. We can then move on to talking about other things uh, in the podcast, David. <laughs> we do have some in lit next uh, in, in the Premiership, as you alluded to. I mean, we should win the game, but as you say, it could be a sticky game. Yeah, it, 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 it could be. I mean, some are actually sick. I didn't realise they were that high up, to be honest. Um, and it could be a sticky game. But, I mean, thankfully, they haven't won it. Tin Castle in eight years, even when we got relegated, we beat them 5-2 um, and that harsh team was stinking, so yeah, I do think we'll win especially if Boyce is back fit um, I do think we'll win but and I'd like to hope it's comfortable but when do Hearts ever make it comfortable um, but yeah, you've got to remember, they're on a decent side um, they're probably not as good as they were last season Um but, again, the league's changed this season. You know, it's, it's a lot more competitive. So, you know, every game every game is going to be tough, no matter who you play. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be, I think it'll be a good game. And I'd like to think the Hearts will win. And fairly comfortably. But, I've got to watch out because a player that we all know, Jamie McGrath, is capable of being a, a match winner. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm all, but I'm also slightly apprehensive about it as well. And I think you kind of have to be as a Hearts fan, don't you? Um, but yeah, I, I'd like to think that we'll win. I'm I'm just going to stop it there. I think Hearts will, will probably deliver a similar performance. Well, they'll have to deliver a similar performance like they did um, at home to to Dundee United and at home to Motherwell. Um, I think Simbirin are, are, are a decent side, uh, mid-table side, but but they've still got good players who can punish you. Um, I think Hearts will have to set the tempo early, get the crowd on their side, get an early goal and um, and put down a similar statement like they did when they played United at home. Um, because, you know, the longer the game kind of stays tight or, you know, even if Hearts are only a goal ahead, I still don't trust Hearts to see games out, you know, when, when they are only winning by a goal. And you can have a similar scenario like they did against Dundee where we could just switch off for a second and and give somebody a goal. And... Um, you know, I think it would be it'd be hugely uh, disappointing uh, if Hearts were to drop points this weekend. 
um, just by, by like David mentioned, the, the run of games that they've got coming up. So I think it's hugely important that they get themselves three points and, and set themselves up for, for what's going to be a tough December period. You know, there's we've got quite a few home games, which is encouraging. Obviously, big game against Rangers coming up uh, after the um, after the St Mirren game um, is our next home game, and then I think we've got St Johnston as well and, and Ross County at home. So we've got to take advantage of every time we play at home because, like like we've alluded to, you know, our away record just isn't good enough, and if we want to to be sitting third at the turn of the year, um, then we've got to win all these home games and I include the Rangers game in that as well. I think um, I think we seem to be a different side at home, but we've shown as well that, that we've got that kind of fried, fragile side about us um, by dropping points, obviously, against Hibs Aberdeen and, and Dundee. So, for me, big game. Um, and I just hope that, that we turn up and um, put in the performance we know that we're capable of. Is this Hearts team capable of sending shockwaves around Scottish football and winning at Parkhead? No. No, I don't think so. Um, might, might nick a draw if they're a bit lucky. You know, I think it depends on Celtic, doesn't it? You know, so I think if Celtic turn it on, then we find it very difficult to live with them, and uh, we've seen that in the in the first half um, at Celtic Park in the League Cup. Obviously, a lot to do with with, with the tactics again, not coming out our own half. Um, I, you know, I think I think we've got to get in their faces, try and get an early goal, give ourselves a boost because I think you know the way we started the game against uh, them at Tynecastle. I know Tynecastle is a different pitch, but I think when we were aggressive, we started the game well, we got them in the back foot and, and we put pressure on them. I think if we start the game like we did in the League Cup game, I think we'll just get get blown away. Um, Celtic are quite happy to to break teams down. Um, I think you've seen what Hibs done to Rangers um, on Sunday there. They got in their faces, they were aggressive and, and bang, they scored three goals. I think Celtic and Rangers this season defensively are there for the taking. I think we have a lot of good attacking players that can actually exploit them. But will we do that at Parkhead? I just don't see it. I think the manager will, will try and keep it as nil-nil uh, as long as possible. And chances are we'll be 3 nil down at half-time again. Yeah, I fully expect to be on the train home about 50 minutes or so, Ross, uh, as my last visit at Parkhead was. Um, yeah, and as, as Gordon said, I just don't see it. I'm really going because I fancy a pint on a Thursday. That That's really it. If it was a Wednesday, I'd probably just play fives instead. But it's a Thursday, so I might as well. Um, yeah, I don't see it. But no, no, no. That, no, I said no, I just don't see it. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. Yeah, I've, I'd be more than happy to eat my own words, but, you know, as Winston said in Still Game, in my pocket will be a coupon with Celtic running on. <laughs> uh, yeah, not looking forward to it at all. But hey ho. If, if, you, if, you had asked, if you had asked us, like, you know, I don't know, three, four weeks ago, aye. can I go to Parkhead and win? We probably would have said, aye, why not? But they've shown that, you know, shown, shown the true colours again, haven't they? Uh, yeah. it's, 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 I know it's only a couple of defeats, but it's the, but, it's the manner of the defeats, eh? And, if you're um, getting overran by Aberdeen and Motherwell, then Celtic are going to destroy you. You sound really positive, which is which is a, a, a great thing. I mean, should I mention Livingston or should we just move on? A ground we've not won at for, for a while. You don't have to remind us, Ross. <laughs> we were at all of them. Uh, well, I, I, I wasn't at the last one at Livingston, to be fair. I was there. Uh, I was. Oh, the nil-nil. <laughs> I was doing my strike. You know, I wasn't going back to an away game until Levine was sacked. So 
I was I was on strike during that period. Um, you know, I think I might have been on strike as well. Um, yes, yeah. I, I think after, it was after the derby. I was after the derby. I'm not going back until he's sacked. I know we won the derby, but I was. I'm not. I'm not going to the away game until he's gone. No, um, I, can't even I think it was three. Was it was it three away games we missed? I think, yeah. and then eventually they binned them, and then yeah. went to Kilmarnock away, and we're three 0 down inside 15 minutes. I oh, thought, hmm, yeah, <laughs> two words. <laughs> Can I go back on strike again? <laughs> But Livingston are a team that haven't played as well this season. Obviously, we beat them at Tincastle. You know, we should yeah. be going there and trying to get the win, considering there will be a big Hearts backing there, no? Yeah, see, Ross, that's the big thing. There will be a big Hearts backing there. <laughs> so that's why we won't win. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think Hearts... Hearts are a duo in a way win. We're due, a duo win there. But again, you know, I think they'll, they'll, they'll maybe have to play a, a different way because Livingston at home they, they're similar to sort of what Motherwell are very aggressive team um, they'll get in your faces they won't give you any time the ball will not will not be allowed to play football I don't even know if you can play football on that pitch to be honest with you um, so maybe the manager will have to look at it differently um, listen if Hearts were to get seven points out of the next three games absolutely chop your hand off for that um, but I think more likely We'll probably maybe four. I think four. I'd love to see seven, but I think four. Um yeah. I think I think I think that's what I'm, I'm I think we'll maybe get a draw at Livingston, but really we should be going there and win it, to be honest with you. But unfortunately they just aren't filling me with confidence at the moment. See if it is a disaster and it is three defeats. Um, for each game, what do you think Robbie's excuse will be in each game? Well, no, uh, to be honest with you, I wouldn't even bother listening. If Hearts lose the next three games, you should be sacked. Simple as that. You should be. Shall we get a wee game of Robbie Bingo on? Yeah, yeah. I said <laughs> that on Saturday. That's what we should do. <laughs> Just roll it out. <laughs> get fat ladies, <laughs> referee. <laughs> 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 Bingo! On a, on a, a whole other <laughs> podcast, to be fair. Yeah, that's to be. Do you know what wound me up though on on Saturday? To be honest with you, I shouldn't be surprised for it. Do you see, you know, instead of like running back into the dressing room and getting his team back up for it, he's away talking to the referee. What's he talking to the referee for? Referee didn't do anything. I don't know if he's if he was saying that Janelle should have had a penalty because he shouldn't have. You know, it was never a penalty. You know, I, I'm no no fan of Billy Colm. I think he's a poor referee. But he did, he, there was nothing to know. What's, what's, he, what's he moaning at? You know, just get your ass in the dressing room and one can change, make subs, whatever you want to do. But again, you know, we sauntered it for the second half. Nothing changed within, I think, 30 seconds of the first half starting. Uh, second half starting, you knew exactly it was going the same way as what the first half did. And um, yeah, it just, just pisses me off. It does, you know. I think Hearts have got a good chance of actually doing something this season. And uh, as usual, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. What do you make of uh, the comments this week about John Souter uh, leaving the club, Gordon? Yeah. To, do you blame him, to be honest with you? Um, I think the entire time he's here, don't think he's got into Europe once um, as a Hearts player. So, not, not, not surprised, to be honest. But, listen, good luck to him. All the best. Um, but, you know, I'd... Like I said on last week's podcast, you know, I think he's a good football player, but I don't think it's that much of a disaster him leaving, 
I, I just don't. I think, you know, there's better defenders out there. Um, I think Hearts need to totally rip up the defence and start again. I think, and that was what will probably keep costing us until until we actually sign better defenders. Um, we'll keep conceding cheap, soft goals. And if he wants to play with the back three, he's got to find a, a suitable right wing back. He's got to sign two more centre halves, I think, who can actually defend. Um, and until he does that, you know, we're 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 going to continue to struggle. So, um, no, but good luck to John Stewart. You know, I think he's he, obviously you look at the injury record he's had. He probably thinks time's maybe running out for another big move for him. Um, I'd, I would like to see him stay, to be fair, but um, so Hearts can obviously get a good fee for him. But, you know, if the opportunity comes around in January to sell him for, for a bit of money, I think it's something we should do and then reinvest and, and you know, try and sign um, sign some good defenders. I think Jamie McCart's out of, out of um, contract at St. Johnston in the summer. I think he'd be a good replacement. Um, but that probably makes too much sense. So I don't think we'll we'll sign him. Um, I don't know how Stuart Finlay's getting on in, in um, America. He was obviously linked. Um, I think Nielsen tried hard to get him. Uh, so who knows? But uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't shock me that he, he wants to leave. And, um, and good luck to him. And hopefully it's the right move for him. You know, I hope that he has a good career in England. And... Um, it's not the case of a Jamie Walker, you know, or, or one of these players who just sit on the bench and they're back up the road within six months. I'd like to see Suter do all right down there. I, I mean, I don't think anyone should be surprised. It's, it's probably been coming for... But it was, there was probably, it was probably coming when he first joined Hearts and then it was like, oh, he'll be away in two years and then obviously the injuries delayed all of that. So I, I won't be surprised when he goes because it's a, it's a when-not-if situation, obviously. You know, of course, we'd like to get a little bit of bob for him and invest that back in the team. But as we've seen, just sometimes it's just the way football works. Sometimes it doesn't happen. And if a player wants to go, you can't stop them. You know, you can't force them against their will to stay. Um, so, yeah, if he were to move, and whether that be in the summer or if God knows how we got a fee for him in January, then so be it. And, and good luck to him. Um, just I hope that what we do is, is I think now that this has come out, there should be a real uh, run on behind the scenes to look for new centre defenders. Um, and they should be looking to get them in in January as soon as possible because you'll need to cover eventually for the next injury, which is probably right around the corner, whether that be Suter or anybody else, and be when he goes in the summer because you need to get a player up to speed uh, in a new system, how they play, this, that, and the next thing. So there needs to be some real hard work going on just now to look for defenders that can play in this Hearts team um, because we're probably going to get an injury and let's be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if Suter's away sooner rather than later. So, yeah, it's going to happen, but it's just when, not if. And probably the summer, but I'll sign a pre-contract in January somewhere down south, I imagine. Um, But if a fee came around for in January, I would probably take it. Um, As long as it wasn't like a derosary £200,000 bid or whatever, some jobbers in League 2 or whatever, Shrewsbury Town giving us a pie and a packet of crisps or something. <laughs> you know, if the money's worth it, then take it. Um, but yeah, it's going to happen, but we'll wait and see what happens in terms of transfers and, and so on and so forth to, to cover from. 
We'll move on and, and chat a wee bit about the world of football now. Obviously, Man United sacked their manager um, last week. Um, David, you'll be pleased about that, obviously, being the resident Man United fan here. <laughs> but they're opting um, to get, bring in an interim manager um, till the end of the season. What, what do you make of that, first, as a Man United fan? And do you think it really works having an interim manager, considering Ollie was the interim manager at one point? Yeah, I mean, what really annoys me is the fact that they're calling Michael Carrick the interim, interim manager or whatever. I mean, he's a caretaker. Just a little thing I need to go off my chest. He's a caretaker. He's waiting until someone comes in. And the idea of an interim manager frustrates me. It's all right to give an interim manager like what they did with Giggs a few years ago when there was two months left of the season. And you just give him the job till the end of the season. But we're only a third of the way through the season and they're looking to appoint a guy for nine months that they may or may not keep after then. I mean. Especially, I mean, I, f- I find it silly if it was any club because if you do change, it, you're ripping up the whole scrap. We can start again from fresh after just nine months of a transition, which probably which never really ends well, let's be honest. And then you get a new manager for three years and if that doesn't work, then you start the whole process again of do you do the interim manager? Do you get a new manager? I, find, I just find it ridiculous. I mean, of any club in the world, Man United should be able to get whatever manager whenever they like. Uh, and the idea that they're having to settle for second fiddle for a few months to then get in whoever they like because they didn't want to leave whatever club they're at or whatever. I find that a nonsense. Um, I really do. Uh, and like you say, is this just the new world of football that we live in? Well, I don't know. Uh, but if it is, then it's one thing I certainly don't agree with is the idea of getting someone in for just a few months just to steady the ship. Um, surely you want to be as competitive as possible. And if being competitive means getting a new manager in straight away, I don't see why you wouldn't do that. Um, but yes, we will see whoever they sign for few a few months. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if they did if they didn't learn their lesson and gave Carrick it till the end of the season, uh, and then they give him it for three years after that, and then you're back around the merry-go-round. Um, yeah, I find it funny, really. Uh, it's a good it's a good comedy show. The Premier League just now, really in general, especially Man United. Even as a resident fan, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> has has the, the football world gone mad with this sort of thing, Gordon? Shouldn't you just appoint your manager? I mean, Hearts took long enough to appoint Stendhal a few, well, a few years ago now. You know, it, it should it, it should be a case of you find your manager and then he can work out the team, no? Yeah, I've never, never understood it, to be honest with you. I mean, Manchester United seem to be, it just seems to be the way that they do business. I don't really know how they can so I find that that way uh, successful. I mean, you know, you look at all the big clubs in, in Europe and, um, you know, one thing they all have in common is they have top managers and, and a guy who uh, was relegated with Cardiff City, I don't think you can call a top manager and, and whether or not he's, he's a club legend is irrelevant. I think that's probably what where clubs go wrong and Hearts have been um, huge victims of, of this, of, of giving it to a good Hearts man. Um, for the sake the sake of it, and, and it, for me, it doesn't work. You know, I think you should you should go and get somebody who doesn't have any connections to the club because they can come in and they can clearly see what's required to to try and change. I mean, it's a waste of time. This whole caretaker crap. Manchester United should go and appoint whoever they want to appoint. They should do it now. Um, you know, they're one of the biggest football clubs in the world. They've got a lot of money. Why can't they go out and get Zidane now? If Zidane doesn't want, if they want Pochettino, go and appoint Pochettino. You know, so what if he's at PSG then now? If he doesn't want the job now, then he doesn't get it. You know what I mean? Just move on in a target. Um, yeah, but baffling um, to to me anyway. Um, 
looking from the outside in. You know, if I was a Man United fan, I would be I'd be frustrated by the whole thing because you're just not learning from your own lessons. But they, you know, they're all half bammy down there anyway in, in in the Premier League. You know, they they do live in the clouds. Um, some of the decisions that they make and and the money they spend is just just unbelievable at times, isn't it? Um, so yeah. So I don't know. You know, I think football has gone mad. You know, I read an article today about them, um, maybe potentially making the halftime break twenty five minutes so they can have a halftime show or some shit like that. You know, I mean, what what the fuck? You know what I mean? I mean, who comes up with a shite? I mean, really? You know, I, I right enough, yeah, a cold, blinking middle of December, that's what I want to do, stand in the cold for an extra 10 minutes. For what? So a couple of cheerleaders can go and dance around the centre circle. Do me a favour. Honestly, I mean, the, the, the world of football's gone mad, you know, and you've got people like Arsene Wenger and things like that working for FIFA, you know, want to have two-year Royal Cups and, you know, ban throw-ins and make them kick-ins and all this crap. I mean, it's just, it's changing things for the sake of changing them. And, you know, for me, that's not football's fundamental issue. Um, you know, there's a lot lot worse things going on in the world than than, than adding an extra 10 minutes on uh, to, to half time. It's just, yeah, it's all wrong for me. It's all money, isn't it? Yeah, that's all they care about. And the, it's a sad scene, you know, what's once was a working class man's game going down the toilet for, for the for these big corporate companies. Um, and the Premier League epitomises that, really, doesn't it? And the thing is, you know, I, I support a working-class club down in England and, and Everton, and, um, you know, they are, they are run um, like a farce as well, to be honest with you. I mean, a lot of people think Everton are a well-run club, but they're actually a shambles, to be honest with you, just like Hearts are, or Hearts were. Um, a few years ago, you know, I think they're, they're a club that, that could be heading towards relegation eventually to be honest with you the way they're they're being run at the moment um and and you know certainly other clubs in England have 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 done the same thing you know you look at Sunderland and Leeds for a while took them 15 years to get back up but Sunderland and League One Ipswich Portsmouth uh, big football clubs and then the you know the third tier English football and um that shouldn't be happening for clubs that size and uh, I mean even up here as well you know you can make make a similar argument for you know a team like Falkirk, for example, um, who are sitting there in, in League One, and it's because they've been badly mismanaged. And I think um, I think talking about adding the extra ten minutes on to to half time and can coming up with all these new fangirl crap. I think ultimately what what should be the main discussion in football is is getting football clubs back in the hands of the supporters and and um football fans having a say on how, how the game and their own club should be run and we're, I suppose we're quite fortunate in a way that the hearts are heading towards that um, or, or are at the moment um, a fan run club so um, we'll, we'll see how successful the, the hearts model is but I think for football in general it should be moving towards that um, because I think football's been it's, it's, it's been stolen um, from, from the working class from the traditional football fan and, um, you know, nobody was like the Super League thing, you know what I mean? That was just cr- criminal action should have actually been taken against these people. Um, it's football means too much to too many people for it to be taken away by the by these uh, these clowns. And, um, you know, whether it's American backed or, or whether it's just people who are just interested in money, whoever it is, 
they should be they should be have to uh, should be taken to, to account in, in my opinion. Um and it's sad the way the way football's going. It really is. So what would you have uh, on the on the twenty five minutes Gordon at half time? What what would well, happen at the castle? Well, if you if you can't have a bevy, it's a waste of time, isn't it? And um, you know, it's all right for for maybe them down in England because they can get an extra pint in, but we can't even have a pint up here. So what we're we going to do? Have an extra bob roll? No, waste of time. Freezing cold day, an extra ten minutes. It'll drive people away for the game. Um, well, what would you do, Tinkas? We'll bring back the Wonga cash dash. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I've always <laughs> wanted to do it. <laughs> I that don't think you were chance, old enough to do that, Dave. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I did want to get one of those big balls. It did look a laugh. <laughs> I'd want to do it against Spencer. <laughs> Not <Knock him> over. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just need to run into him. He'd fall over, and then out of there, you'd be fine. <laughs> be a good laugh. So it's always like that video with the Sunderland fan. I, I can't remember was it. Plymouth or something they were playing. Oh, is it when they just slide tackles? Uh, it's the dude that they've got to run to go and take up anywhere, son. He just tacks them and then runs and goes and scores the goal. <laughs> <laughs> something like that would be quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think a question about Ollie going to Solskjaer would turn into us talking about Sunderland and Plymouth fans tackling each other <laughs> in a longer cash dash. But there we go. That's the hearts review. Thank you both for joining me this week. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can get three wins. Um, probably not likely, but hopefully we can get three wins over the next few weeks. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>